for the Nats West boss, Dam Allison Rose quits after a row with Nigel Farage. Keir Starmer is doing a, a U-turn once again, but this time it is on Ulez, specifically with what is happening in London with Sadiq Khan. And Rishi Sunak unveils recently its reformed NHS crisis. But ladies and gentlemen, today we are joined by a fellow communist, a person who I disagree with on no. so many issues. It's a man who's been on the show before. It is sold. Do you want to give a little introduction about who you are and what you're about? So, if you missed me last time, I'm Sol. I'm a musician. On all streaming platforms, I'm Solomon B. But my whole thing is I'm a communist, um, revolutionary. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I, I believe in all, you know, proper communism, revolution. I think communist history is very interesting. And um, I'm always up for a good debate. Quality, love it. <laughs> nice, so intro there. Communist revolution, right? Let's jump straight into it. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, but starting off with the first story. So, for anyone who doesn't know who's been sleeping under a rock, Nigel Farage pretty much made a video a while ago saying his bank account that he's with was closing and he can't open another bank account. He went to like nine banks and they were like, we can't, we're not allowing you to open a bank with us. And it's been this massive row. The BBC have covered it. It's really kind of took a lot of light about political banking, being politically exposed and pretty much there was information leaked to BBC News by bankers, by journalists that was completely fabricated and complete nonsense. So the NatWest boss, Dam Alison Rose, quits after a row with Nigel Farage, coming in from BBC News. So she has been heavily criticised for being the source of an inaccurate BBC report about Mr. Farage's banks at, I, I always butcher it, Counts, Kuntz, <laughs> which is part of the NatWest group. The announcement came just after NatWest said it was had full constant confidence in her continuing to lead the bank um she says it's a serious area of judgment and she goes on to say that she kind of messed up completely so nat west shares fell more than 2.5 percent after the announcement um and what it goes on to say is basically the fake news that was spread to mainstream outlets because you had the ft you had the yeah, BBC News basically acting like Nigel Farage. The reason his bank got closed was because of these fabricated reasons that weren't true. So, what are your thoughts about the dynamic of political banking and everything? And also, thank you to everyone who's listened to the show. This is a libertarian anti-government podcast. Come on, but yeah, what what are your thoughts? Right. So, I think um, it's important to point out that news fabricating stories about politicians, especially with personal life is nothing new. And I, I genuinely completely disagree. I mean, politics aside, obviously, it should go without saying, I fucking hate Nigel Farage. <laughs> Everything he stands for, I just despise him. But um, politics aside, I think that someone's personal life and politics, there is value in separating them. And, you, you know, you see it happening all the time. And it's often like, I think it's different in this case, but often it's targeted to left-wing politicians. You get some scandal um, and the news plasters it everywhere and it's nothing ever about the person's political ideas or anything like that. It's about their personal life. And I do think that um, in general, news outlets should stop trying to sensationalise people's personal life because i think it's very exploitative and should instead just fo focus on their policies 
but um yeah i th- i think obviously like it's wrong what happened to farage although i i'm slightly fearful he'll make this a whole big thing where he's like oh look at me poor me poor farage and make himself like a oh god what's the word um martyr martyr thank you so you think that's what will be the case with him yeah, I th- I th- I, th- I think that's the spin he will try to put on it. But that's just my prediction. Interesting because like I get what you're saying about left wingers, you know, people get attacked and then they they fire a thing at them, but I would argue that political banking doesn't really affect left wingers that much. Like when you look at whose bank accounts are closed down. So I'm I'm a podcaster. If I was a left wing podcaster, I would not need to worry about political banking, censorship, any you wouldn't need to worry about any of it because institutions, you could argue, are on the side of people who are left-wing. Now, you could say economically it's different. You can make that mm-hmm. argument, but socially anyway, like I know that for me, I have to seriously be cautious about the future that I'm about to entail, that I am entailing, because I am right-wing. So would you say that there is a clear political bias because let's put it this way: there's not Zara Sultan and Navarra Media. They don't need to be scared that their bank account's going to get closed down. But right-wing mm-hmm. podcasters, they have to be afraid that their stuff's going to be shut down. Okay, um, I think two things: the very easy solution for that, where no one gets hurt, abolish the banks, which will obviously happen when the revolution comes. Um, secondly, uh, on a bit more of a short-term basis. Um, I think the point is, uh, it's all about who you associate with and, um, banks don't want to be associated with someone who could be portraying like a hate speech or anything like that. And, you know, I'm not saying that you do or everyone does, but you'd be wrong to say there's not much more of a tendency for more bigoted ideas in because it's it, it goes with the ideologies more like bigoted racism sexism in right-wing podcasts like just take a look at andrew tate like racism sexism classism in right-wing podcasts versus in left-wing which obviously will go against that interesting what you said about andrew tate. I, don't, I don't know about racism you could call it many things i don't know about racism oh no 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 no, no. Yeah. I, I i don't think andrew tate's racist i just think he's a cunt all right, fair play <laughs> with you there. I I get what you're saying. However, the issue there is like, w- like if if society is catered for bigoted or not bigoted people, then uh, we don't really have a society. We just have a um a political aligned society. Like you know, Hitler. I'm sure at cake. Like, does that mean we should ban all cake? Like, there has to be a serious kind of understanding about what it actually means to be a human being because people can say oh Nigel Farage he's a racist bigot but he's a human being and also like I you I don't like Farage right I just want to make that crystal clear to mm-hmm. anyone who's listed but I do have a moderate respect for him in a sense because he was the one the only people who stood up for the 40,000 Cairn workers who got sacked the past two years um and my political philosophy flipped a lot because I was like oh Nigel Farage he's that racist um insane guy and then covid happened and i was like oh this is one of the only guys actually standing up for somewhat human rights um so there is a definitely a shift and i know people have gone to nigel farage's show and they're like they thought he was a lunatic and then they met him in person they were like oh 
it's a bit different. So, like, do you think there should be differentiation between your political views and what you can actually access in society? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because without, but I mean, the truth is, um, people, corporations wouldn't want to hire me because I'm a communist and I'm against corporations and the structure of a corporation. So, I mean, for me personally, I just keep my political opinions to myself. I'm not going to turn up to my to a job interview with my Che t-shirt on as much as I might like to. Um, so I think, yeah, separate the two, but depending on the extremity of your politics, maybe like keep it to yourself. So, so do you agree with the political banking then what's happened? Uh, no, no, I don't agree with it, but I'm saying, um, no, I don't, I don't agree that you can just deny someone normal things because of their political opinions unless they're like genuinely insane i think nigel farages are genuinely insane but he's so not you don't a think fascist. he should you don't think he should have access to bank account oh no 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 no! i i think he should have access right. to banking what about a fascist then do you think he should he or she should have access what do you think no i th- i think he or i think he or she should be in prison or dead you should f- so you believe that if someone has extreme views of being a fascist United Kingdom, they should be in prison for just thinking that. Uh, no. If they act on it, what what way act? Let's say they promote fascism. Do you think they should be locked up? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What? Why? Completely or killed? killed. Because killed, killed, killed. Fly me. Why? <laughs> because um, I mean. It's an ideology which, if you don't nip it in the bud and cause harm to that one person, it spreads and causes harm to millions other of peop- millions of other people. So, what? so but sorry. So by um, that one thing which you might might think is silencing someone's personal freedom of expression, freedom of opinions, is saving a lot of people from indoctrination into extremism and violence but can i say the exact same thing and say well communism has killed over a hundred million people let's nip this in the bud before it goes anywhere okay uh two things again first thing uh i didn't mention this in the last video but i'm just going to mention now not that it really matters but that statistic of a hundred million people over a hundred yeah is false it's from the black book of communism which has been officially um, debunked even by some of the authors who originally participated in it because they included things like unborn babies, deaths of old age, uh, estimates where they just thought, right, there was a village here, so we're just going to take the average village and say that's the amount of people that died. And the author even admitted to inflating the numbers because he wanted to reach this goal of 100 million. And also, capitalism... In the span of 10 years in the Great Depression in the United States of America, 120 million people died. So, and secondly, uh, yeah, you could say that about communism. You could certainly say that about communism. Um, But I think the difference is communism aims to solve the problems in society. And I know you say fascism wants to also... The fascists think they're solving the problems of society. But communism 
does aim for a humanitarian, peaceful approach, in essence, once communism is reached, it is a completely peaceful, caring and communal ideology, whereas fascism promotes violence, hatred, uh, division and suffering. Interesting. I mean, you could make the argument that fascism in the short run does promote peace and love. It's only when the genocide happens, similar to communism. So, like, we've co- like so you speak about well, when communism is achieved, we get this kind of peaceful utopia. So, the the big question there is, which I think everyone has been grasping with <laughs> throughout history, how do you get to that place? Because the big question is, if you think a fascist should be locked up, what like communists and fascists are two are so like would you admit that a fascist is extremely similar to a communist a fascist dictator and a communist dictator are similar because they're dictators um so joseph stalin and mussolini are similar whereas say thomas sankara um the leader of the socialist revolution of burkina faso and hitler are miles apart but would you say there are massive similarities so like i'll give you an example right so there's people who cuss on themselves as quote-unquote anti-fascists who go around attacking people who disagree with them and similarly there's neo-nazis who go around attacking people who they disagree with so there's mass there's the thing about communism and fascism i find is there's massive overlap because they believe the ends justify the means. So to a communist, they want a peaceful utopia. So what is what is a few people getting arrested, put in prison, having their rights abused, freedom of speech being... What, what's that? That saves... The, that's for the greater good. That's protection. That's peace. That's utopia. And then for a fascist, oh, what's a few people getting their rights shut down? That's for the greater good of the country. That's for the greater good. So the question is, like, like what actually is the difference between communism and fascism? Apart from the because the goals are i guess a bit different but the way to get to them is exactly the same would you say i would not say so um the 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 means of getting fascism in the past has been actually usually electoral um which is on the contrary in communism you have revolutions which is you know, people are killed in revolutions. Uh, guerrilla armies kill. That's just a fact of life. Um, and I mean, you can disagree with it. You can say it's wrong, immoral, and no killing is right. You know, that's what that's what the liberals will tell you. Um, and well, that's, what, that's, you, you, so you believe in justified killing for a communist revolution? I do. I do. Right, no, okay. Okay. By the way. By the way. Anybody who anybody who wants to employ me for the future, that was a joke. <laughs> it's in a video game. It's in a video game. Yeah. So, so getting this straight, you would support the. I mean, like, so if let's say I was a fascist, right, and I said I support the murder of people to get a fascist UK. What What would you think of that? Well, I think that's wrong. Of course, I so think that's wrong. What's how is that any different from what you're saying? So, okay, who do fascists kill? Um, really, anyone they decide is not, you know, right for them. In Hitler's case, it was uh, Jewish people, uh, travelers, gay people, um, and really, 
most ethnic minorities and disabilities. Whereas in a communist revolution, who has killed its um, counter-revolutionaries, American CIA agents who are trying to interfere and stop communism because they're afraid of it. Um, Jewish people, people in... I mean, famously, throughout history, um, co- where there's a communist revolution, often Jewish people get blamed because they're seen as the capitalists, the money makers, the bankers, and then Jewish people are the scapegoats. So that's another similarity between communism and fascism because it's the fascinating thing about the two is in a fascist genocide, they blame the Jews, and in a communist genocide, they blame the Jews. And for fascists, it's, oh, the Jews are the communists, and for the communists, they're the big capitalists with all the money. Yeah. Well, obviously, I completely disagree with um, anti-Semitism. I, I think that should just go without saying. Uh, I've got Jewish heritage myself. Not that, like, that means anything, but just just as a little fact. Um, but, yeah, obviously, I completely disagree with anti-Semitism, and I think that's unjustified and wrong. But I, I think it is important to mention that, I mean, when communism has been carried out before in a way that is, um, like, oppressive or um, violent in a way which you could not find any justification for then i'd say that's wrong and i disagree with it like you know i i don't agree with stalin i i agree completely with lenin i don't agree with stalin um i do agree with mao on a lot of his political ideas and you know his teachings about landlords um well, what do you think and about his intentions landlords? for china pardon what do you think about landlords terrible all landlords are terrible. Oh, not all. 99%. But you know, one the biggest way the mid, the middle class and working class acquire wealth is through property. So what, what do you say to the, you know, the average person who the only way they acquire wealth is through being a landlord. They own two properties, you know, your average. What do you think that person is part of the 99%? Um, not yet, but I think gen- generally, um, once wealth is acquired and stabilized, it's only a matter of time until that person joins the bourgeois, joins, um, a more elitist way of thinking like, and it, it happens through generations. So you could have been, you could have come up all on your own, you know, pulled yourself up by the brutes, bootstraps, living the American dream <laughs> and you've, you know, you, you've now got all this property and you're wealthy, but you still stay true to your working class roots. And then you still respect your, your dad's working class roots, but you, you participate in, um, in, you know, ideas that more align with the bourgeois, the wealthy. And then it's, it's okay that um, there's such massive economic disparity between the rich and the poor and all the horrible atrocities that are happening to poor people, homeless people, people in project housing. It's okay because they can get out of it because my granddad pulled himself up by the bootstraps. You see how it, you see how it happens. And it's, 
it's not the fault of the person who worked hard to get there, but it's just an eventuality of wealth. I think unless you really consciously decide to combat it, wealth naturally leads to corruption, in my opinion. So do you think there's any scenario? So I'll give you an example. Let's say there's a landlord. He, he's been same for age for a property. He gets two free properties. Um, he gives 20% of all of his money he makes from it to charity or homeless people. I mean, is that guy part of the 99% of evil bourgeoisies, would you say? I probably wouldn't say no. Um, because he's doing the right thing by... Uh, in the in the system we've got, which let's face it, at the minute, it's not communism, um, it's capitalism. So in the system we've got, he's donating, he's helping out, he's giving back to his community. So no, he's not. But I think truthfully, that's not the majority of people who fall in this landlord category. So, so therefore, your what you want is a forced morality. You want people to be forced to do things but and the issue with that is is you say you want a like a utopia where you know kindness and stuff and i think that's great but if people are forced to do it it's not kindness that's just normal oh no 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 i would not force them to do it um but i would disagree with them i would but you dislike you like what they stand for revolution you want to kill people who no, I said in a communist revolution, um, the the blood of the bourgeois, the blood of those who are upholding oppressive systems will be shed. And it's... Okay, uh, before too long, can we finish talking about killing people and how I'd love to kill people? <laughs> because I already know the YouTube comments are going to be proof that communism is a murderous ideology. And yeah, there we go. Like, uh, whatever point this is in the video right now, put your comment. Yeah. Well, well, like bring it back to Nigel Farage, right? Let's let's flip yeah. Nigel Farage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say he's let's say Nigel Farage is like I don't know. He's a, he's a he's an actual fascist. He's a full blown racist. Like, let's let's say that's the case. Do you support this political ba- banking of you know these big banks saying? You know, we don't want to take, we're not going to host your money. You don't have the sovereignty to actually open a bank account. Do you support that? What, you mean if he was a full-blown fascist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, I probably would. So you support someone not having the right to open a bank account? I support a fascist not having the right to open a bank account. So you do, so you do support a scenario where someone doesn't have the right to open a bank account? Okay, I think it's a bit more complex than that, but I mean, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. So the question is, why? Why does a fascist not have the right to live in society? Because again, because he or she or whatever is a fascist. Um, they hold ideas which promote violence and bigotry and hatred, and um corruption so i'd say it's i completely do believe in free speech right like um 
I know you hear about yeah. communists saying no free speech unless you disagree with me. But yeah, I I believe in free speech. I believe in the importance of debate because I've learned. I, I'll admit I've learned things from people on the opposite side of the spectrum from me, and I know people who've done the same. Learn things from me, who are on the opposite side of the spectrum. But um, I think the only time free speech can be limited is when speech um, can motivate violent actions and hatred because then it's hate speech. And I think, okay, personally, I think um, like to just do one big clump, say hate speech doesn't encompass everything because obviously I completely disagree with someone like saying an, an offensive word. I think that's hateful speech, but that's not hate speech in the same way. I mean, if someone is really promoting violence, fascism, hatred, um, brutality, then I believe that's hate speech. And I think that person should... I'm not going to try to change their mind. I'm not going to like torture them until they agree with me. But what I will do is restrict them so they won't be able to indoctrinate other people to then spread their harmful and dangerous ideology. But what does being a fascist have anything to do with opening a bank account apart from control? I do see what you mean. I do see what you mean. So um, they don't have access to the, the water taps because they think an extreme belief. Do they not have access to the, the, the sewage system in the UK? Because if they're spreading hate, why do they have the right to go to the toilet? Yeah, I see what you mean. Um... But they have all those facilities in prison. Food, beds, water, all so you, of that. They, so, you, they... so you think that if someone... So let, let's say you bump into a fascist on the street, right? He believes that right. there should be one leader, it should be like a theocracy and all this, and, you know, state um, kind of private enterprise type thing. Um, there should be kind of one sovereign leader, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an, like... You think that person, believing those beliefs, should be sentenced to prison? Okay, so in your scenario, no, because I bump into him on the street. And, and does he say, all right, mate, how are you? Or does he say, um, hello, have you heard about how terrible all these people are? How terrible all these minorities are? Here, everybody, listen to me. Here, everybody, look at me. Why, Listen to what I'm saying. Why we should kill the, these people. Yeah, why doesn't he have the right to say that? Because it's inciting violence and hatred. But, but like, if you... But then... But what you think inciting hatred, he thinks you're inciting hatred towards him. So I'm, I'm, I agree with you, but the, the, I think I'm a, I'm a free speech absolutist, so I believe that... Mm a fascist, a communist should have the right to express their opinion despite, yeah. I think, because I look at communism in the same vein as fascism, in all honesty, and I look at, um, you know, mass genocide, hate, incites hatred, the same as when, like, commu- like communism incites hatred, incites genocide. I think that, you know, when I see a swastika and I see a sickle and hammer, I, I think the same thing, pretty much. And people could say they're completely different, um, but mm-hmm. to me, that's are. both hatred. So, like, I, I think that 
the freedom of someone's speech should be protected no matter what um because without it like all, all of society crumbles down and i think this case so if you could if you could go back in time yeah. with the option to stop hitler would you well, that's that's a good question, and the 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 good answer to that is they did they did try to censor Hitler, but it didn't work. So let's say they did try and censor Hitler. Let's say they closed his rallies down. Um, one, it wouldn't have worked because there'd just be an underground movement. Um, and second of all, if you try and close things down, it doesn't go away. This is the fallacy of freedom of speech. People think that oh, so someone says something bad online, let's ban them. Where do they go? True. They go bitch you. They go rumble. They go fortune. Not that or everyone rumbles a lunatic. They're not. But like, I, I, I've seen the other side of the internet. I've seen the conversations that go on. And the truth is, these people do not go away. If anything incites them, and I've, I've had experience in my own life where people have tried to stop me talking. They've tried to mm. punish me. And part of me, uh, like, uh, you know, honest, I am tempted to go down the extreme route in a sense because i'm like fuck you you want to play that game I'll, I'll go the full way type thing and that that it incites hatred actually centering people is the incitement to hatred and it 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 um pushes it forward but if you give an olive branch to people and say you know here's another perspective here's another way people can be changed and there's obviously people who are too far gone but like fascists are real people people can say oh well they just spend hatred but they're real people they have the right to open a bank account. They have the right to meet people. They have the right to have a family. I don't think that should be taken away from them because I've, I'm, like, as a Christian, I think even if I disagree with you, and I think you should have, you know, the same rights as me, even if I disagree with true. you. Yeah. True. True. Okay. I think just to summarize this point so we can move on, <laughs> I think um, if. Everyone is completely entitled to their own beliefs, just as I'm in completely entitled to disagree with them. I just think once you try to incite hatred, if you can nip that in the bud and stop hatred and bigotry spreading, I think that's good. Um, and if that means using methods like imprisonment and restricting someone's freedom of speech, if it is truly for the greater good of a big big group of people, a big portion of people, even if that person then becomes a martyr and people think, oh, look at this person, you know, they've, they're the true chosen leader, then, okay, that's going to happen, fine. Um, but still, if it can stop people unnecessarily being hurt being prosecuted and being victims of oppression then i am willing to sacrifice that person's right to freedom of speech interesting um well i guess it's the philosophical thing of like what actually is freedom of speech what actually is freedom because i think freedom is a bitter te like freedom is not p peaceful freedom is not pleasant freedom is ugly freedom is like that's my version of freedom people i think want to kind of curate freedom of what they want it to be but mm. the truth is freedom is the brutality of seeing someone's like, hatred freedom is Hold the on, brutality like because without it i think it's it's not really freedom it's just like a curated piece that can be easily manipulated based on 
kind of your political views, whatever. But anyway, moving on to the next story. So talking of ultra low emission zones, for anyone who doesn't know, expansion is happening in August. It's ramping up massively. There was the recent by-elections and the mayor of London was told to rethink his carbon cutting policies after Labour failed to win Oxbridge and South Rushbrook last week. So the Labour Party had become en- engulfed in an escalating row over the <coughs> um, <coughs> ULES after councillors turned on Keir, Keir Starmer to back Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London came under fire after weeks of the Conservative Party held on to Uxbridge and South Rustip by just 495 votes. The Tory success in the West London by-election, was, which was held on the same day as the Liberal Democrats' victory in Somerset and From, and as Labour snatched entity in Salisbury, was attributed to ULES. So this is a massive issue because... The reason ULES is so big is it's a modern-day poll tax. It's tax the poor in the name of climate change. So mm. as someone who is on the left, what what's your thoughts of ULES and what's going on? Because even if you agree with it, the bottom line is this is quite literally a tax the poor. Yeah, I think it's um all about how you do it. Uh, and the, of course, I completely disagree with the notion of tax the poor for climate change. I mean, I was reading a study the other day. It was really interesting. I mean, the idea of a cur- of a personal carbon footprint is actually very manipulative and intentional by companies. I think people's personal carbon emissions make up like a very small percent of total carbon emissions. A lot of it is from factories and uh, corporate buildings. Um, so I think the any sort of blaming the poor or blaming people for climate change making them feel guilty taxing them i completely disagree with of course i do and i think it does link back to corporations now sort of clinging on to this what they've adopted as sort of progressivism which is sort of semi-progressivism with corporate painted all over it um and capitalistic interests uh, consumerist interests all over it so yeah of course i disagree with a policy that even if it's for the betterment of the earth but the betterment through climate through climate change if it taxes the poor and not the rich um yeah certainly it's wrong but and i don't agree with keir starmer on a lot of things i think he's a sort of it's a case of another side of the same coin Honestly, a lot of the politicians just sort of parrot the same points. Although recently, Rishi's been coming out with some crazy stuff, but that's for a that's for another day. Um, but yeah, I think it's good to have uh, cuts on carbon emissions. But you sh- is it really all about looking at the people and taxing the poor and making the people, the proletariat as such, feel guilty? Or is it about looking at what the corporations are doing, looking at what factories are doing, looking at what uh, corporate buildings are doing, looking at what they're emitting, and then taking a taking a second glance at who you're actually criticising? Fascinating. I, I agree with you so much, and that's one of the first times I've actually heard a legit lefty give a view on climate change that isn't like so tribal in what they say because i hear a lot of the rhetoric of like well well we need to do our part we need to do this but it's like what is the cost benefit analysis what who are actually the people admitting it who are the actual people causing this problem yeah because people people want to point the finger go oh well we got to do something about all these people dying but it's like 
um, for a start, there's loads of people who <coughs> die every year, like 130, 150,000 die from heart disease, heart attacks. It, like each year, should, should we mandate mm. this to happen in the UK? We don't because we believe in rights and sovereignty. So, like the people who are actually causing um, issues to do with the climate, surely they should be the ones culpable. And it is ironic when we have these conferences about climate change where, you know, mm. you have a thousand private jets flying in to talk about let's yeah. let's solve climate change it's like what the fuck yeah exactly exactly um i just think all of it's crazy uh i think and you know honestly i think a same a similar thing and this is a really controversial take i think a similar sort of thing has happened with like pride parades and stuff like the whole notion of like pride the whole month of june it's not actually about celebrating lgbt gay people it's another a chance for um, corporations to, you know, make money off another trend, just the same as they would any other thing that's just, you know, in in the news at the moment, just like they would a TV show that's just dropped. You know, they bring out, like I saw a Vogue, a T-shirt that said Vogue in rainbow colours. And it's you, you see these um, people, like liberal leftists, who can only ever think about social issues coming out saying like yeah we're leftists with their vogue pride (laughs) t-shirt and their um vans converse collaboration gay pride hat and you're thinking right well you're not really leftist are you you're supporting corporations you're supporting consumerist capitalism commodity fetishism just the same as any bourgeois you're just happy you're just you just happen to have a leftist idea printed on it god that's that's brilliant that is i haven't heard that again from a lefty in like ages spot on like there's a great phrase like if the corporation if your political ideology is corporations are using it you are not the anti-establishment you are the establishment and i think it's a great Mm. point and we see that with things like big pharma like like what the hell happened to skeptics and big multinational corporations why are lefties celebrating pfizer the you know, who had one of the biggest lawsuits in history for fraud in data, who have had data integrity breaches, who are like, you lobby politicians and regulators all around the world. Like, why is that the go-to? And I think there's a lot of disenfranchised leftists. I know there's leftists who listen to this show week in, week out. And because we've got a broad church, we've got right-wing traditionalists, communists, leftists. I absolutely love it. And the reason mm. is because the old school left have been completely ab- abandoned. You know, the pro-worker, uh, skeptical yeah. big multinational corporations, politically correct. Like, that's what the, I think, old left used to be. And now it's like pride parades, blue hair, go go Pfizer, <laughs> go... You know, it's like what I... It's the current thing, as I always bang on about. It's, I call it the cult. I always talk about it. But yeah. it's, yeah, something... Yeah, you. I mean, it's it's. There's there's no way of denying it. I mean, true leftism, communism, Marxism, socialism, is in the mainstream a thing of the past. It's all about liberal economics with these radical social ideas, which you know I, I'm not gonna dispute them or make a whole big thing. You know, I'm not one to argue about how many genders there are because the truth is I don't care like it doesn't affect me it's it's not something i care about um my opinion isn't going to change what they identify as so 
let them do whatever they like. But, I mean, the truth is, is this sort of um, completely social, completely identity politics, culture war based um, political thinking really leftism at all? Or is it just, you know, economic liberalism, economic right wing thinking? Interesting. I well, I guess, well, yeah. That that that'd be. Mm, it's it's an interesting one because you could say it's inverted a bit. Because yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I guess there, there, there's definitely Labour MPs who, when you actually look at what they stand for, you could argue are more right wing than a lot of Conservatives, and what they want to do. Like, a, a perfect example is I always bring it back to COVID because. Who are the ones supporting um, the government encroachment of human rights? Who is it the ones supporting big multinational yeah. corporations? Who is it the ones um, wanting to shut down like the rights process, right speech? Yeah, it was majority left wingers. Now people could argue yeah. they're not real left wingers, and I agree because that's not real yeah. left. That's not real left wing values. But and I mean, yeah, the you know in America <laughs> the the um, left wing king that everyone looks up to and respects so much joe biden is openly a proud capitalist you know he's he hammers on about the american dream and supporting corporations and blindly following the government but i mean that's not leftism is it Mm. that's just not leftism at all like joe biden's elected fair enough i don't agree with him at all but I think it's slightly disrespectful to people like me who really care about the plight of the proletariat, the people, care about the working class of this country and the working class of the world um, to, to to support someone like Joe Biden. Mm. Yeah, I get you. Like when people say, you know, leftist, it's like, well, translate just a centrist. But speaking of like, economics a bit so rishi sunak has basically had a big thing kind of scrambling for votes you could say before the general election so prime minister rishi sunak has said the nhs long-term workforce plan is the most ambitious transformation in the way of nhs nhs staff in its history at press conference he explained the 15-year plan backed by 2.4 billion of government investment was based on three principles train retain and reform he highlighted the plan will double medical school places to 15,000 by 2031 and also train 24,000 nurses a year this will cut <coughs> agency spending by 10 billion and reduce reliance on international recruitment he said the, the plan also aims to retain 130,000 more staff in over the next 15 years as well as improving conditions so what are your thoughts of the Tories outlined for this do you think this is just them scrambling for some votes scrambling I to, do yeah I do I do I think exactly that um because they've made promises like this before. I can't remember what it was, but Boris promised to build something like 400 hospitals before 2023, and he's done about 10. I so, think it's 42. I think it's 42. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it was nowhere near what he yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> promised. Um, so, yeah, it's scrambling. Uh, it won't happen. I mean, if it if it did, I'd say it's good. Um I do. I do support the NHS. Um, I think 
Clement Attlee's government of 1945. Look, I mean, look, look into that, anyone who's watching, who's interested in history and political history. Clement Attlee's government of 1945 was the closest thing I'd say Britain's had to socialism. Um, I think it was brilliant. You know, that's when the NHS was formed. Um, deprivatization of healthcare is just a necessity. But anyway, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting off track again. So, um, yeah, I think it's just scrambling for votes. If the NHS can be improved uh, and expanded and bettered, then certainly that's good. But is it realistic? I don't think so. Mm. And the bottom line is it's too little, too late. Even if what you said is going to come fruition, like you're not going to buy a car from a guy who's been scamming people for 13 years, are you? You're not going to be like, yeah, exactly. let me trust this guy. <laughs> like to, He's all of a sudden, he's changed, he's going to do something different. He might be, for all you know he is, but history dictates that won't be the case. You've got to use history as kind of a navigating tool for that. And I think it is <coughs> them just scrambling for votes. Um, yeah. Because they don't, they don't have much to offer. But we, it's very late right now. So we are, we are going to wrap up. It's been a very short episode, but I really appreciate your time. Um, do you want to okay. like give people where they can catch you? Yeah. Again, Solomon B on all streaming platforms. That's three O's. Solomon B. Uh, I make music. I've got a new album in the works. Uh, you know, loads of great different music genres on there. Um, if you like anything like jazz, funk, soul, reggaeton salsa um hip-hop rap anything like that you there's something there's a bit of all of that in the album and it's you know a proper underground artist um something that you can you know listen to uh not backed by some big corporation not some industry sellout this is this is real music right here and the new album's coming soon so stay tuned and if you don't hate me already after my um (laughs) After some of the views this episode, then check it out. Um, Solomon B Music on on Instagram as well. And yeah, that's me. But again, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Always, always a pleasure to come on and have a little chat. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's been a great chat. Great back and forth. Fascinating to talk about Nigel Farage, what's happening with that, Ulez and the NHS. We didn't really cover the NHS that much. We should have probably gone into it more, but it's been a good chat as always. I'm absolutely, I'm so tired right now. You don't know. And I'm going to London tomorrow morning. Got to wake up so early, but pulling through for the podcast. And thank you so much for staying up. Really do appreciate it. And nah, it's no problem. Le- legend. And anyone listening who's made it this far absolutely love every single one of you but thank you so much for listening it would mean so much if you could give it the five stars if you'd enjoy it or give it zero stars if you hate me and soul that would be solomon <laughs> sorry so that that that'd be great I'd, i don't mind hate hates hate you know send me your hate i love it and um yeah check him out check his music out he's got some tunes i did share the other song i'm trying to remember what the song is but a really good song i listened to that a few times absolute banger um definitely check out link in the description but yeah i absolutely love every single one of you and i will see you next thursday at six o'clock it's a bye from me yep bye peace